Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. But first of all, as we continue on our quest to find out what the various Cahirlock uh, are doing, both uh, at uh, regional level and also we've already spoken to the new chair of Wexford County Council, George Lawler. We've spoken to Lisa MacDonald and we've spoken to Maura Bell. Continuing on, and we've spoken to Donald as well in Gorey. So continuing on, I'm now joined by the newly elected Cahirlock of the new Ross District, Fianna Fáil Councillor Michael Sheen. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Alan. How are you doing? Grand. And you did pop by uh, to Adamstown on Saturday and you said hello to us there as well. And, and I'm sure the welcome return of a show like that heartened people so much. And then you went on to the Pipe Band Championship, isn't that right? Yeah, it was a very busy weekend and like you said, I was delighted to get back out to Adamstown because with COVID, we just couldn't have done it in the past and it's it's a fantastic asset to have in the municipal area. Uh, like the, the committee there do such a great event, pulling it all together. It's run so well and it really is a great showcase of what County Wexford is all about. You know, the young, the old, the the urban, the rural, the play, the fun and the livestock and and the cars for me. I spent quite a bit of time looking around and uh, oodling all over the cars. And after that, the pipe band, we had 33 bands from all over the island of Ireland mm-hmm. coming down to play to basically renew the bonds of friendship more than anything else. But it was a competition, stiff competition. Congratulate all of those, including the, our own New Ross and District pipe band. And then, you know, there was the Diversity Festival on the hook. So it's been a busy weekend, but mm-hmm. it really is about getting back out there and learning how to get up and go again after what yeah. is it, two and a half, three year hiatus so are, are you concerned by the rising numbers because uh, we will be speaking to Dr Bill who himself is just coming out of isolation tomorrow I think it is, although I think th- I was speaking to him earlier, thankfully he's now testing negative, but are, are you concerned uh, by the, the rise in the Covid numbers again? Well first of all, let me thank Dr Bill for the work, because when I was here at the County Council, it was like a double act every day he would be on, I would be on, he would be on, so I wish him a full recovery I think we need to be careful on this. Uh, the case numbers are certainly going in the wrong direction, at the wrong pace. And I know from anecdotally talking to people over the weekend that the cases in the different hospitals is also starting to get up to an alarming level. So I think we need to just be careful that we don't run before we could walk. Um, I could, and I know that the government last week were publishing regulations that in the event of needing a mask mandate, but I could see later on in the year that we've been asked if we could to don a mask in large retail or large crowded settings. It might be the way forward going in with September. Like I'm hearing anecdotally, I'm sure lots of people are about COVID popping up in places where it didn't before. So we're just going to have to be careful of that and take care of each other. All right. Uh, Dr. Bale will be on, by the way, and you can get your questions and even as early as now to Mary Ann on 53 You've identified a number of key issues in your new term as Cahirlock. How many times have you been Cahirlock before as a matter of interest? Uh, this will be my fourth incarnation as Cahirlock. It was 20 years ago when I first got elected back in 2002 to the Cahirlock. And I went back and I looked at the news reports and looked back at the minutes and looked back at the agenda that we had back then. And thankfully, most of them have been achieved. Um, the CCTV scheme, we're now doing a, a second generation. We're now talking about another two advanced factories. Back then we had one. And uh, a lot of what we were doing back then, thankfully, has been implemented. But now it's all about the future. And um, it's very proud for me. You know, I'm elected quite a long time now at this point, And it's almost feel like half my life have been elected. But this time feels different because I have a clear sense of purpose that what I want to achieve and that council has a clear sense of identity about projects that we want to pursue over the next year. There's a lot going on, as you're aware, in the Neurasic. We're about to open 
the uh, high hill. That park has been substantially rejuvenated. We've got a brand new fire station. We will have a brand new ambulance 24-7 centre by this time next year. So for me, it's a matter of keeping all those projects going at the speed that we can and to bring in new projects and to look at different areas that we set the course for the next five to ten years for the New Ross District. You've identified, and we've done it with all the Cahirlik who have just recently come in, we've asked them for their blueprint and their vision, and then we'll come back and hold you to task over it and this time next year. See, well, how, how much of this do you get across the line? But you've identified four key areas. What are they? Yeah, there are four key areas that we've been working on for quite some time, and I will be updating on a quarterly basis where we are with all of these initiatives. And they basically fall into four areas. Like at the moment, there's a huge amount of resources and emphasis going into town centre and town plans mm-hmm. and renewal of the public realm. So one of the areas I want to concentrate is on a town centre plan for New Ross that brings all of the town together across a range of different headings. We look at the public realm, we look at the outdoor furnishing, we look at the shop fronts, we look at the schemes, and we look at pedestrianisation. And that'll be one area. Also look at dereliction. So, with different government schemes that are available at the moment, and I compliment Mick McCormick, the district manager, and Eamon Hoare, the district director, who are working on these with the elected members. So, places like the courthouse at the bottom of Cross Lane, we are looking to acquire that and the land around it, and we're going to develop that as a community uh, a community enterprise facility. Yeah. Um, one of my priorities that I stressed during the discussion at the AGM is St. Joseph's National School, which is currently idle in the middle of town, would be an ideal community enterprise centre with a community education. And I've sought, and thankfully I have a meeting with the Minister of Education, Norma Foley, coming up on the 12th. The Chief Executive, Tom Henry, and myself, will be sitting down with Minister Foley, some of our Octus members and her officials, to say, what are you going to do for us? Give us that building. We will put 100 jobs in there. We'll put a food bank in there. We'll put community enterprise and community right. education in there. So we'll be pulling on that side of it in the town centre and the town realm. Housing is a massive area, and mm-hmm. it's a massive um, issue that we're going to have to deal with. Like, at the moment in New Ross, there's a substantial amount of houses coming on stream. They're not coming out quick enough. Yeah. And I'll be looking to do everything I can to get more housing into the area, more housing on stream. And that will require, Alan, running with some pilot projects. We've got a couple of empty shops downtown that the county council would have had to acquire because the owners are not there. I'll be looking to turn one or two of them into housing units as a pilot project to see what we can do on that. So can I stop you about housing because I've just got a comment on our text line is open 0737379956. You're here in studio with me and it's not directed specifically towards you but you've just mentioned housing there. This uh, text comes in from Mary who says they say by November we will have 500 houses built for the Ukrainian people but come the winter will our own people that will be sleeping on cardboard on the streets get a house? Probably not. They won't even be offered a bed for the night. I think we have done a lot for the Ukrainian people but what about our own people? That comes in from Mary. I'm sure you get that quite a lot as well. I do, you? I do, and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of untruths out there. The the county council's responsibility for housing, and at the moment with the regulations, and I think the government are acutely aware of the issues around housing. So the emphasis at the moment is that for anybody who is from Ukraine or a refugee, they wouldn't be offered a social housing, uh, it wouldn't be offered social housing support like one of our own, an Irish citizen would. The emphasis at the moment has been to house them in uh, basically houses that have come forward, either summer homes or homes that people are no longer using that they want the Ukrainians to use. Mm. So if anybody thinks at the moment that the government are housing Ukrainians over everybody else, that is untrue. They don't even qualify for housing support. So 
you know, just be careful on this because you'll always hear of somebody, oh, they got a house over this. That's actually untrue. Mm. The county council at the moment, and across the board, not just in County Wexford, at the moment the government have stressed that the housing options for refugees coming in from Ukraine or from anywhere yeah. is that they go through the IPAL and the Red Cross system where they're not given social housing support, HAP or rent allowance, and they're not given social housing. We understand and the government understands this is a very sensitive issue for a lot of people who've been waiting five, six, seven, eight years for a social house. Hmm. That's not going to change. The priority will be continuing on the housing list. So if anybody says that a family from another country, I won't say where, is getting a house before them, that's not correct. Okay, um, a suggestion from a listener. Uh, what about a cinema or a bowling alley in Euros up around the Barrowland will be perfect, says this listener. And that, absolutely, and they're, they're on the right track there. One of the plans I have in 2022-23 is we are going to identify site selection. There are six sites identified in the Neuros area for a hotel. It is key to our future, both as a tourism destination and it's key to the retail regeneration of the town. So at the moment, we're in the final stages of doing up a brief for a hotel. And I would expect and hope that that brief would also include the possibility of a three-screen omniplex that could be built into it. If you drive around Ireland in different places, Letterkenny, for example, they have hotels and the cinema bolted onto it. There are a substantial amount of sites in the downtown area hmm. that could be used. The site that that listener refers to, it's actually in private hands. So we have to be careful. You know, it's, it's private property. So we can't go ahead and say we're going to do this and do that. Yeah. But for that listener and for the rest of your listeners, there is a new town development plan going to be started um, towards the September, October period. Mm-hmm. And that will allow people to come forward and say, this is what I want in the town. So we're acutely aware right. that in the town town centre, there are six sites that could be used for a hotel that could easily be bolted on to both a fast food and a cinema complex and a bowling alley. The numbers are there. With the Greenway coming on stream in 23-24, up to half a million people could be coming through New Ross. So the market will evolve okay. and that will be there. Because this listener has followed up on what they've just said there about the cinema or bowling alley with another text where they say they believe there's nothing for the youth of the town. Um, well, that's a common one. A lot of people say that. Can I tell you, last Friday night was a bumper, uh, a bumper night down in the Shambles Youth Drop-In Centre. They have so many people there that they're actually looking for volunteers to come on and work with them. So that's the first thing. There's actually quite a bit for young people in town and there's always room for more. And that's why one of the like things... Like what's there for, for young people? Um, well, at the moment, there's a lot of different clubs, a lot of different sports clubs, social clubs. There's a lot of different supports that are there through FDYS and Kieran Donoghue and Michelle Sinnott. They do a drop-in centre. They have a detached youth project mm-hmm. that they're out on the streets on a daily basis. So there is actually quite a bit there for people to do already. However, mm-hmm. there is room for more, and that's why there is a... And anybody walk by it, they'll see it. There's a 1.7 acre field just on the ring road that I, w- I would love to see developed as a community centre that we would integrate a centre for young people, plus with people with special needs, age friendly and healthy Ireland. So okay. there's a room there for, you know, there's a room there for an outstanding complex to be developed. Mary has also come back. She says, I believe you're wrong, Michael. My friend was in for a council house for five years and somebody from outside the country got it in the end. A single mother from Ross Lair. So, Michael, you're you're not correct, says Mary. So this friend of hers, a single mum from Ross Lair, didn't get the house. I don't know what the, the details are. If Mary wants to give me a shout, I'll look into That's it. That's fair enough. All yeah. I can tell you is that the regulations coming from central government were that the priority for the local authorities in terms of social housing and in terms of rental accommodation 
is that it goes to the Irish people, that the re- the refugees coming in go through the IPAL and the Red Cross system. I know that you as a councillor and your fellow councillors deal very much with uh, uh, people at the coalface and you constantly deal with them. You, uh, you, you've been highly lauded only as recently as last Friday for your food bank. But again, over the weekend, the number of people who stopped me and referred to Jim Codd's uh, story about the man 85 years of age in his area having to pull his own teeth because he couldn't get a dental appointment I didn't think I'd be mentioning that story again Mm. Uh, and Jim stated quite clearly he believes in the higher echelons of your party and Fine Gael and the Green Party there is a disconnect with the people at the coalface of what's happening here in Ireland Uh, do you agree with that? Do you believe that the higher echelons of political life in Ireland need to do more for people like that 85 year old man? Well I agree we need to do more for everyone at the coal front with the health system I deal with people and as as late as yesterday afternoon I was dealing with a family who were having difficulties with the health system that's a a part of routine as a county councillor that you're dealing with issues particularly in relation to health uh, we've spoken, we've had public meetings on the lack of GP services in rural County Wexford, yeah. the difficulty that GPs and their staff are facing, not just professionally, but they're taking a lot of heat. So I, I wouldn't quite agree with that there's a disconnect in the upper echelons because I would be on to the ministers on a regular basis. Like I said to you, um, we're meeting Minister Norma Foley, Darrell O'Brien, the Minister for Housing, we'll be mm-hmm. in contact with him and, you know, we'll take from there. There are difficulties in the in the, the health and medicine in that area in terms of getting people on board, getting new people in, in social care. There's a shortage and we've had discussions that particularly with social care and social policy. Yeah. You know, so that those are issues there. That may not be a question of resources, it may be a question of personnel, but the case in point is that we deal with that on a day to day basis in the cold reality. I'm not sure there's a big disconnect that Jim is referring to because I've always found if I pick up the phone and start ringing the minister, I'll get through to them. I'll explain the issue and they'll do everything they can well, to resolve it. Let's just put it another way. When, when, when is it going to be resolved to the extent that people like that 85-year-old man don't have to do what he did? It'll be resolved, I would imagine, when, in particular in the dental, because one of the issues, uh, a lot of dentists withdrew from the medical card scheme because they weren't being paid enough and hadn't been paid regularly. So I would imagine that those sort of issues could be resolved if the department and the HSC and the representative bodies for the doctors and for the dentists could come to an agreement where, in fairness to the dentists, that they're getting paid commensurate with what they're worth. Yeah. And I think that would bring more... Uh, dental practices on. For example, there are no, my understanding is that right now, there are no dental practices in the New Ross area that deal with medical card patients because it's just too much hassle for too little pay. And yeah. so you'd have to go to Wexford. The so same you, you routine. have people then in effect who have paid their taxes, worked all their life, living on a pension, who are basically being forgotten about, Michael. Well, it's not that they've been forgotten about, it's that they're not being taken care of enough. Exactly. Um, and I would be of the opinion that if you work your whole life and pay your taxes, and we've had this with the, particularly with the, the pension, especially for women, is that if you have worked your entire life, there's a certain dignity that, and responsibility that you should be entitled to when you retire. And in that situation, that's where the state falls short. And that's where they need to improve. Before we conclude, your overall vision then, what is it? Well, my overall vision comes across in four headings. By May of 2023, I would like to see the town centre plan completed. I'd like to see the two enterprise centres over the line in the grain store in John Street, and we'll have a resolution for St. Joseph's. We'll have a lot more work after being open. We have the High Hill open. We're going to have the Maritime Park open. We're working on the Norman building down on the quay. So what I want to say is to the people of New Ross and the people of County Wexford, we will be working flat out to make sure that New Ross gets its fair share of resources. But we have a renewed sense of vision, a renewed sense of confidence. And there is a feeling right now 
that New Ross has a lot to look forward to and that we have really kind of gotten the last few years behind us in terms of COVID, but our plans are in place. So right now, it's like full steam ahead. Let's get out there and do it. Dennis North from Eurasa just uh, texted in earlier. He said, congratulations to Michael Sheen and his appointment as chairman of Eurasa Municipal Council for the coming year, and he wishes you well, as we all do, because uh, as you fly the flag, all the various Cahirlik, there's a lot of work to be done. So good luck to you. Thank you very much, Alan, and to thank for all the people who've been in contact, Dennis and all the rest of the people. There's a great feeling out there of optimism in this county at the moment, Alan. And, you know, we're all working together. We're flying the banner for New Ross and New Ross, and we're flying it for County Wexford. But as to the best of my ability, the people of New Ross won't be found wanting with me, and I'll be doing everything I can to get their voices heard, particularly for those at the fringes, the food banks, and the people who are suffering. Those voices need to be heard, and as long as I'm coherent, they will be heard and they'll be articulated. Right, Aidan Brown is the last man up uh, to talk about uh, the Cahirlick. We've already spoken to the other district Cahirlick and the chair of Wexford County Council, so we'll be inviting Aidan to join us later on in this week to give his view of the Enniscorthy district. But when we come back, we'll head to Dublin and link in with our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, to find out what's happening with the summer economic statement. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.